Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. He is with the young people. A nice-sized group of them are in Lufkin, Texas for a youth conference uh, uh, for the rest of the week, and uh, we are glad they were able to go. We're very glad. Uh, some announcements. Um, one week, well, I will say this. This Sunday, our guest speaker is uh, my oldest son, who some of you have not met, Caleb, Caleb Hill. Uh, he lives in Apopka, Florida, which is a suburb of Orlando, happiest place on earth. And uh, he will be preaching this Sunday. He's the pastor there. Uh, you don't want to miss it. And then this Sunday also, we're going to go ahead and start our life group. It's our first service where you can sign up for a life group. Uh, life groups will be August, September, October. Our semester is starting up. We have some amazing groups coming up. And so the table will be in the foyer. Look them over. Find something that works for you. And all our parents for our wildlife kids, one week from tonight is... It's going to be their back-to-school thing. Isn't that what we called it, Shana? The back-to-school thing. Um, I rented some kind of bouncer slide obstacle course contraption today. It'll be here Wednesday night. The kids are going to have so much fun doing that thing. And um, all you parents probably want your own celebration because the kids are going back to school. <laughs> and all the teachers are sad. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So we got a lot coming up, and um, I tell you, I'm just still, man, Sunday was amazing. Sunday, I was so, I'm was i so thankful. What a powerful move of God uh, we had. Um, it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. So many things happened. I mean, it. I'm just thankful. I'm very thankful. And so... Um, I haven't known long that uh, I was going to be speaking with you tonight. It is, like I said, it's just going to be just like a Bible study kind of thing. Um, just some stuff I was thinking of, and so since I found out, here I am. I thought I would just share what's been on my mind and heart with you, right? And so let's go ahead and get this started, because I think this is kind of weird. I like finding kind of weird things that I've not really noticed before. Um, so I want to look at Luke 19, 11 through 13. And I told him I was feeling extra holy tonight. I don't want the King James version. <laughs> and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable. Why did he speak a parable? Because he was nigh to Jerusalem. That's the first reason he said the, he told the parable. And number two, because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Boy, how many of you wish the kingdom of God would immediately appear? Like it would totally work for me like right now. <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, so these are the two reasons he tells a parable. Okay? Uh, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive... For himself a kingdom and to return 
there's my little, there's my favorite little preacher. And he called to his ten servants. He had ten servants. And he delivered to them ten pounds. Uh, the NIV will say minas. And he said to them, this is the only time this word is said in the entire New Testament. Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Now, as I said, I, you know, there, there were the two reasons that he said uh, the parable in the first place. Number one, he was almost to Jerusalem. His disciples thought they had two misconceptions. Number one, they thought that when he got to Jerusalem, he would declare himself the political savior. You see what I mean? He would those those bad Romans, and they were bad. Um, but number two, they thought the kingdom of God was happening like right then, as soon as uh, he got to Jerusalem. And I would like to say this: those that was the twelve, uh, that was the twelve disciples. Yea, even today, it is not uncommon for believers to have some misconceptions about the how and the when. Our deliverance uh, might come, and I, for one, am very thankful that he's, he's patient and merciful and provides wisdom for all my many misconceptions, right? I'm, I'm just thankful for that. Here he is. He takes time. He tells a whole parable. He makes up a whole story, Cassandra. He, he comes up. He just pulls out a parable because he loves his disciples so much and he wants to help them with their misconceptions about him and what's going to happen. I'm thankful for that. That encourages me. And um, here's something I noticed, okay? This is not the same as this is not uh, Luke telling the same version of the parable from Matthew 25. This is not the parable in Matthew 25 of the talents where he gave some this many, like he gave some ten, some five, some one. This is not that. There were ten servants and they each got one pound. So this is a different parable. This is a different lesson to be learned than the parable in Matthew. Parable in Matthew always reminds me of Alexander, my son who is deserting me, yea, even this Sunday. He will drive out of town. It reminds me of that time he was in junior high, the worst age of all. There is no age worse than the junior high years. You parents who haven't lived through it yet, what I'd like to say now is I'm sorry. And if you'd like a prayer cloth after church, those of us who survived it, we pity you. We look at you and we pity you for what's to come. Amen? Amen. And so Alexander was in junior high and uh, I was trying to get him to do his school, and he wouldn't focus, and he wouldn't focus, and he kept saying, uh, hey, hey, I would say, here's this about school. He'd say, hey, do you know where the C chord is on the guitar? You know how to put your fingers just on it? So I said, no, son. Hey, come on in. Come join me here in science, right? And he, I would go on. He said, what about on a piano? Do you know how to do that on a piano? And I said, no, son, come on, come on. He's Then, would you like me to teach you how to play the drums? <laughs> and I said, son, God, no, come on. And he said, okay, can I just ask you a question? He said, are you embarrassed that you're the only member of the family that can't play a musical instrument? <laughs> and I said, no. Are you embarrassed of me 
because I'm the only one that can't play a musical instrument? And he said, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so when I think of the parables of the talents in Matthew 25, uh, here's the deal. My mother invested a lot of money in my, I don't, I don't want to play the piano. I never, I did not, I didn't, I never made it out of book two. I never made it out of book two. When you hear that song on 70s on 7, that Chicago song, Color My World, dun, 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 dun. remember that song? That's a tribute to my failure as a piano player. <laughs> that lick is harder than it sounds. That's what I'd like to say. I never made it past book two. Those are talents. Like, there's some things I'm never going to do. I'm never going to sing like Shana. I, I'm never going to organize like some of you are organized. I'm not going to play the drums like Kevin. Sorry, Alexander. I, I, there's just some things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to help poor, helpless animals like Summer. I'm not going to be a genius like that. It's just not in me. But we all I have talent. We all have our own talents, right? And But that's not this. This is 10 disciples, 10 followers, got, they each got a talent, right? And so uh, the thing he said was, occupy till I come. And I want to talk to you tonight about occupying prayer. Now, the word occupy is a military term, right? I mean, I'm not so into military terms, but I acknowledge that it is a military uh, term. Uh, and um, when I think of it right off the bat in that aspect, I think of like when the U.S. Uh, defeated Japan, there were treaties signed, there were deals made, right? Okay, so just because we won that war, we didn't go home, did we? We sent troops over there to occupy Japan. And uh, they rebuilt, and they also enforced the terms of the treaty. So even though the war was won, the work was not done. Mainly when I think about Occupy, I was thinking about it today, I was thinking about giving away my cat. And I have a video. I have a video. Do I have a video, Jason? I'm ready. Now here's what I'd like to point out to you. Hemingway is occupying his space. Do you? He does not care. He's saying, I will kill you, puppy. I don't care about you. You're nothing. You're, you're dead to me already. You see what I mean? Does he care? He don't care. He's occupying till, till he comes. He's like, bring it. Paddington is, if you could see his face, he's like, come on, come on. And Pat, Pat, Hemingway's like, you're dead to me already. I'm, I'm occupying this space, and you're nothing to me. <laughs> occupying prayer. So uh, this parable teaches us explicitly that the servants of God must occupy till he returns. So the ones that did occupy, he was blessed. But the one that didn't, the one that came to him and said, oh, no, I was too scared. I had fear. I didn't do anything with my talent. I, I, was, I was too fearful. Uh, that servant may have labeled it fear, but Jesus labeled it wicked. He labeled it wicked. And so... Uh, what it means to occupy is to busy yourself with the master's work. 
simply, we're, 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 like we're not doing God a favor by being here tonight. We're, we're, we're really not. You coming to church, that's not doing God a favor. Uh, that's, that's getting you to heaven. That's, that's you. That's you. That's an opportunity. And, in, and, and really, if you want to think about it, as far as Christians around the world, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. People have died for doing less than what you're doing right now. It, 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 we got to occupy until he comes, right? Um, we are to consistently carry out the spiritual business of the king. We were made for more than to sit on a pew uh, and not be involved. You were made for more to watch church online. You were made for, you know, to occasionally nod and humor the speaker, whoever that may be. Um, you And I'll, I'll, let me just take it further. You were made for more than to just get a job and support your family, though that's an honorable thing and, and you're commanded to do it. Uh, you, you were made for more. You were made for more than to get a degree. Glad you got one. It's not, it means nothing in eternity. Uh, glad you got one, though. Uh, you were made for more than just to live a good, happy life. I don't see where Jesus was always happy. I saw him mad. I saw him sad. Uh, you were made for more. Indeed, if the Bible is true, we must be about our Father's business. That's what Jesus said when he was 12 years old. And everything in the Bible is there for a reason. And I was thinking about it today. Why in the Bible did it record the story of Jesus at 12 saying, I must be about my father's business? Could it be, could it be an encouragement to even the new believer? You have business to do. Yeah. Don't say I'm too young. I'm too new at this. I don't know enough. A 12-year-old said I have to be about, he knew he had to be about his father's business. So it doesn't matter how old you are in the kingdom. Don't, don't let that fear, what you would call fear, oh, I'm too new, I don't really understand. Jesus, the master, will return and call that wicked. Yeah. Because our great example at 12 knew. At, did I just talk about junior high kids? At 12, a junior high kid had it figured out. I don't want to stand in judgment next to a junior high kid who already has it figured out. That would, that would really be bad. That's when you know you're in trouble. If you line up next to a junior high kid who has it figured out and you're still trying to find your place in the kingdom. So now the question is this. What is our father's primary business? Well, I would like to, I mean... There's quite a bit, but I, you know, I could only pick one. We aren't going to be here long. <laughs> I would like to look at 1 Timothy 2 and 1. Paul said it to Timothy, a young minister in the gospel. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving thanks be made for all men. I want to talk about... Uh, supplication now there are different kinds of prayer and supplication is one type of prayer and it is a it is a way to occupy uh, the english translation is a bit unfortunate it can mean like when we think of supplication like beg plead ask entreat however in the greek it has a much more powerful meaning that implies not just uh, asking with passion and persistence and focus but also 
a binding, like a great authority. Supplication is a prayer of great authority. It is the prayer of occupation. So it's not just thy kingdom come, but it's thy will be done. And through supplication, apostolic believers are equipped to do more than beg and plead. We are equipped to enforce. Like the U.S. soldiers in Japan, like Hemingway on the back. Like we, we, we are equipped to enforce. Uh, Look at Matthew 16. Uh, let's look at Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. Let me show you something here I was thinking about. And I say unto thee, Jesus says to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, now Peter was not the rock, it was the revelation that Peter had, that was the rock. I will build my church. The revelation, the rock was, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the rock. I'm going to build my church on that revelation. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What a promise. Now that's a promise right there. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. But listen, against the church connected to the actions in the next verse, look at 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'd like those. I wouldn't lose those. <laughs> I've lost many. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth. Who, who, who does the action there? You. You bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever you, who does the action? Loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The gates of hell. Now, in ancient culture, I'm sure you've heard before, gates of the city represented a place of public discourse where official decrees were made. Jesus here in Matthew 16 is teaching that the church, me, you, we have been empowered by his victory on the cross to pray in ways that literally stop the strategies of hell dead in their tracks. Supplication moves into the confusion of broken hearts, broken homes, broken health, broken relationships, and begins to bind up the things that are broken bringing them back to God's original design. It is the business of believers, your business, to intervene in, listen to this, in any situation that is not what heaven intends it to be. And through what did we call supplication? Passionate, persistent, focused prayer. Once again, align that situation with God's word. Our binding, our loosing, accomplishes on earth what has already been willed in heaven and paid for on the cross. We don't, it's not like I make thing ha things happen, but, but there's this relationship, there's this covenant thing. We, there's power in our words, there's power in our prayer, and if we really believed it, this is a, this is, I don't see where anyone's excluded from this. This is something, this is something available to every believer. 
I, I, don't, I don't have to know how to play the drums to do this. I don't have to be able to hit a C chord on a piano, Troy. I don't have to play Color My World. This is available to everyone, right? And so if it's available to me, if it's something the master left with me to occupy, and I take it and say, no, I'm scared it won't work. When he comes back, he's going to look at my fear and my doubts and my distrust, and he's going to call it wicked. And I don't, I don't want to hear that. In the last of the last days, I don't want to hear that. And so uh, we can, through occupying prayer, the prayer of supplication, pray God's word to pass and his will from heaven to earth. And the thing is, so many people, like, it, it just blows my mind that I have to say this to people. It surprises me, like, how, you can't believe that there is a Jesus and not believe there's also the devil, Satan, the enemy of our soul. Um, he, he's, he exists. He hates God's word. He hates you knowing God's word. He hates you living God's word. He hates you speaking God's word. He really does. And he's, he's, he does all he can to prevent it. And um, when we pray, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, listen. If you really believed you had authority to pray, Jesus, what you paid for me on the cross isn't being done in this situation. So in the name of Jesus, let your power flow through my prayer to accomplish your purpose. As a member of your occupying army, Assigned to enforce your will, I block the adversary's advance. According to the terms of Calvary's contract, I bind the enemy from success in this situation, and I loose on earth what you've already loosed in heaven in Jesus' name. That's a supplication. That's not begging. That's saying, I, I, we got a contract. I got the word here. Like, we got to deal. The war is won, but the work is not done. God, there's a big old heavy Bible, isn't it? This is my note-taking Bible. See? I mean, obviously, I've got some work to do. <laughs> but I could if I wanted. See? I could take notes out to the side. That's what that's for, but it, it's, not, it's not a good waving Bible. It's heavy. <laughs> And listen, unless and until someone prays, Satan is always there to violate the terms and conditions of the written contract. He's always looking for a way to twist the word, to, to violate the word in our lives. Uh, we're not saved to be merely helpless bystanders in this conflict. Rather, we have been anointed and appointed to monitor, listen, these situations on heaven's behalf. We're ambassadors. We have authority. The world has, it's like the world has us on the defense. Don't, don't fall into the politically correct last of the last day culture 
that puts you on the defensive. No, we have the answer. We have the answer. Stay on the offensive. Occupy. Occupy till he comes. We don't, we're not, we're not hiding. I'm not ashamed of what I believe. I'm thankful. I'm proud of what I believe. Because I believe the only thing that's going to outlast everything you see right now, everyone you see right now, Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word that I believe in will never pass away. I'm occupying with that. I'm on the offensive. I'm not on the defensive. I I don't owe you an explanation for what I believe except to speak the truth in love, not like a weapon, but I'm not ashamed. I've got a covenant here, and, and I'm thankful for it. Apostolic Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a fight. It's a fight to the finish. And first of all, we need prayer warriors who understand you are on location for such a time as this. If you're a believer, if you have the Spirit of God in your heart, and here you are now, you are here for a spiritual reason. You're here. You, what is it? Well, part of it. Is supplication. It's a prayer of authority. It's a prayer. It, it's a prayer of occupying, to travail in prayer for a world that otherwise would experience only sin's consequences without any hope of divine intervention. Our prayers can bring intervention for for the people around us. We are literally the occupying force of heaven on this earth. And so again, I say, apostolic believers are equipped to do more than entreat and beg. We are equipped to enforce. We are. It's true. Listen, if you can open this Bible and lay a finger on a promise through occupying prayer of supplication, you can have it. And you can hold Satan accountable when he's attacked you and tried to keep you from having it. You have been empowered to place your finger on any promise in this book and say, devil, that's as far as you can go right there. There's your boundary. You can't go any, you can't pass this promise right here. That is the power of prayer. Look at Isaiah uh, 43 and 6. You can look, you can look at this promise and say, to the north, give up. And to the south, keep back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. You have that. That's a promise. That's a line. Devil, you can't cross that line. Look at James 5, 14 through 15. You can say, sickness, are you here? I'm going to, okay. Bring, on, bring it on up here, sickness. We're going to also bring up the elders of the church and we're going to pray. We're going to anoint with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he committed sins, I have. Who hasn't? They shall be forgiven. Devil, you you can't cross that line. You can't cross that line. I'm, I'm holding to the contract. I'm, an, I'm called to occupy that territory. Those are the terms of the contract, and, and 
because of the cross of Christ. I don't have to take that. He can't cross that. The war is won, but the work is not done. Look at Luke 24, 49. Am I just, I'm just rambling on through all my notes here. But aren't you glad you're going to be out a little sooner? In Luke 24, 49, Jesus commands his followers saying, I send the promise of my father upon you. Here's the command, but tarry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Yeah. Okay, now, with that in mind, look at Acts 1.8. So they were told by Christ that they would receive power after the Holy Ghost had come upon you. You will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And let me just assure you, this, is the, this qualifies as uttermost part. Here we are in the uttermost, right? <laughs> okay, but what I want you to notice is the day of Pentecost, that day we just read about, is a direct result of supplication. Look at Acts 1.14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. The Holy Spirit came through a prayer of supplication, a prayer of I'm going to occupy until he comes. I, I got a promise and I'm going to stay here and I'm going to believe until I get it because I got a right to get it because his word, his very words promised it to me. We can, through the occupying prayer of supplication, pray God's word to pass, revival into our church, healing into our bodies, the end to this virus from hell, the end to the fear of this virus from hell. Amen. Deliverance, wisdom, divine favor, divine direction, salvation from heaven to earth. So as a member of his holy occupying force, I say God's kingdom come here and his will be done now. In the last of the last days, we are promised great exploits. The darker the night, listen, the more evil the world gets, the more miracles and power and answered prayer we should expect in the church. It should match up. And they're pretty evil out there. It's getting pretty bad. So it should be getting fairly awesome in here. Like Sunday. That, that was powerful. That was powerful. And that should just be the tip of the iceberg. But listen, we've got to stand up and occupy. Find, listen, don't be confused. Don't be confused and say, well, I don't have any talents. This, this has nothing to do with that. They all had one, every one of it, and they were all expected to do something with it. So that's kind of what I've been looking at. I'm just kind of looking at, you know, like 
If it's the last of the last days and things are getting worse, then your church is getting more powerful. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I, I see in the Bible when he does come back, the people, the, the people like the servants in this parable were called wicked. The people with talents in Matthew 25 that didn't, that didn't use their talents, they were, they were called wicked. Think about the five foolish virgins. I'm just telling you, there were people lost in the house at Christ's return. In the house. I don't, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be me. Again, let me tell you, you're, you're really not doing them a favor by being here tonight. You're not. You, you are an ambassador. You are to occupy till he comes. Find your place in the kingdom and fight for it, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And so let's just stand up. If anyone has any, um, Troy, come on up here. If anyone has any special needs that you'd like us to pray about, we sure would do that. Um, I just wanted to uh, share what's been on my heart um, uh, with this. And um, our prayers, our words are so important, you know. I don't really have it written in my notes, but um, I was sharing with the ladies Tuesday uh, the story, it's in Second Kings. Um, the king of Israel was, uh, you know, he was kind of a loser, kind of a winner. He wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't a great guy. He was just one of those in-between guys. He was the king of Israel, though. You know, that's how they kind of went in First and Second Kings. You never knew. Mostly they were bad. Uh, and so... Uh, the enemy surrounded the city and was starving them out. They were starving. I mean, they were starving. And um, so uh, he sends for uh, Elisha, and uh, he's like, you know, he's rent his clothes. Things have gotten so bad, he's rent his clothes. So here comes the prophet, and he's like, you know, what, what are we going to do? What, do we, what can we do? And Elisha says, listen, you know, food is like a donkey's head selling for a fortune right now. But this time tomorrow, there's going to be plenty of food for everyone. You know, no more price gouging. It's, food's going to be affordable. And the man, the king's second in command standing right by him, he spoke up and he said, how can that be? And the prophet looked at him and said, it will be. But because you didn't believe it, and because you spoke that disbelief, you'll have no part of it. And so the next day when it did happen, coincidence of coincidences, he was left standing by the gate, and the crowd trampled over him and killed him. And he didn't. He didn't get it. And, and I'm just telling you, he was a soldier. His job was to occupy. He failed. He failed. There he was, second in command. But he spoke. He had doubts, and he spoke doubts. And he just—he was just one of those wicked servants. And but the thing is, if he were here today, if we would have been in that situation, I'd have said, "I'll oh, cut him some slack." I mean, he's been hungry. His family's been hungry. They hadn't had a lot to eat. They've been eating donkeys. Really, I mean, like. It's been rough. Cut him some slack. 
But he spoke doubt. And I'm just saying, this is our time. This is our time to occupy. This is our time to pray big prayers, confess bold things. Step out. Let's step out. If, you, if someone tells you they're sick, out in the Target, Walmart, pray for them right there. You're supposed to occupy. If, if you're thinking about someone, if the Lord lays someone on your heart, say a prayer for them and text them. Tell them, hey, I just, the Lord just laid you on my heart. I just want you to know I was just saying a prayer for you, and I'm believing. God's going to, like, why not? If not now, when? It's the last of the last days. When are you going to start doing something? So, in closing... That's what I got to say. And so I'm just going to go go ahead and say a prayer, and we're going to be dismissed. But I want you to think about this. I want you to think about ways you can serve the kingdom of God, bless the body of Christ, be involved with others. can do it so let's just pray father thank you for your spirit that empowers us that helps us to pray like we're supposed to pray helps us to pray prayers that you answer because of your spirit because of our covenant with you because of your death on the cross your resurrection that rock that revelation that jesus you are the christ the son of the living god Lord, right now, we believe you for big things. We believe you for big things. We believe you for our families. We believe you for our healing. Lord, there is nothing too hard for you. Lord, that guy couldn't believe you that the famine wouldn't be over the next day. We believe you. We believe you that all of this disaster and sickness could be gone this time tomorrow. We believe you for healing. We believe you for salvation. You are the God that answers our prayers, and we commit to pray big prayers and believe them. And God, thank you for what you're going to do this Sunday. Thank you for the people that you're going to fill with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the people we're going to witness to about the Holy Ghost. And we ask all these things in the name of Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.